Welcome to Chasing Curiosity. I'm your host, Alicia Tillman. Today we're going to honor the planet. It's something we should do every day. With every action we take, every time we choose to compost or recycle or reuse something, or think twice about what we need and how we want to live. Because there's just this one Earth that we have. This one planet so perfect for life to exist on. And we all need to take care of it. We have to do it together. There are a lot of ways to talk about climate change and how to address this huge problem. But what I want to do here is talk about some of the ways we love the natural world. Why it matters to us, how it makes us feel, and why it is so very special. On this episode, a few fellow Earth lovers share stories about what this planet means to them. Why do I love the planet? At the risk of sounding completely cheesy, I love the planet because it's full of wonder. I'm amazed by the vastness of open land, mountains, oceans. Amidst them, I feel small, somehow put in my place. And I feel equally amazed by the small, everyday, seemingly normal occurrences that are truly beautiful. The sun shining, the air starting to warm, hinting towards spring and summer, greenery that transports me from my city life. Even in quarantine, I see birds hopping from branch to branch in the tree outside my window, fluffing their feathers to keep warm, perched on a tree whose leaves are starting to bud, reminding us that the spring is coming and that the cycle is starting over again. I'm constantly amazed by how that cycle continues over and over again without the aid of humans. Nature feels beyond us in a lot of ways, and yet it's so incredibly impacted by our behavior. The relationship of all ecosystems is fascinating to me. When one habitat is impacted, food sources change, making survival more difficult. When one habitat changes, it impacts the next. Now we are in a time where we as humans need to take drastic action to correct course, or at least to stop it from getting even worse. And while I work to stay optimistic about those realities, I will treasure moments that I have gotten to witness the immense beauty of our planet. It's difficult to think of just one moment, but one of the most striking for me came on a trip to Patagonia about a year ago. I'd been wanting to go for quite some time, but I didn't even understand what I was going to see there. We followed the recommendations in a path of a couple of friends of ours, landing us in a small mountain town called El Chalten. The big summit there is Mount Fitzroy. We met some fellow travelers who were going to leave at 3 a.m. to head up to the lake and catch a sunrise view of the mountain. Weather reports were saying that it would likely be very cloudy, but somehow the energy around climbing and seeing this view got us. We packed bags, bundled up, even in summer, southern Argentina is chilly, grabbed our flashlights and started up with the group. It was about four kilometers up in the dark. The vastness of mountains, while amazing, feels a bit ominous in the dark, but that was kind of exhilarating. We got up to the lake with about 30 minutes or so to spare before sunrise. It ended up being cloudy and misty, but you could see the pink and orange of the sun coming up and reflecting off the hills surrounding the lake. It takes your breath away. We continued quite a distance, thankfully mostly flat, until there was about one kilometer left to go. We had heard some warnings about that last kilometer, and they were pretty accurate. The terrain was super steep and rocky, a ton of switchbacks and altitude gain. 
We pressed on and after about an hour and a half got close. Fall summit after fall summit, the terrain looked like another planet. It was just rocks. And then you get to the top. You're standing on top of what looks like a rubble pile, staring at the sheer otherworldly looking mountains, so steep you could only climb with special tools, standing behind a glacial lake which looks like a big crater of crystal clear water, reflecting the blue of the sky. We lucked out and the clouds went away. The sun was shining. I knew for sure that I was seeing something so special. First, that we had worked so hard to see, but also that was tucked away in this remote place that so few would actually get the privilege to lay their eyes on. We stayed on top a long while. Even after we started descending, you couldn't help but keep looking back. You couldn't tear your eyes away, hoping that it would burn itself into your brain. We stopped so many times that on our way down, just to look at her again, it ended up that we were on the trails for something like 14 hours that day. I can't quite recall. It's moments like that where I feel overwhelmed by the beauty and generosity of nature to allow me such experiences. They're experiences I hope that future generations get to have, and they're my motivation for wanting to do the best I can to protect this beautiful planet Earth. An ode to nature. I feel like the earth has been one of my biggest teachers as far as how to slow down, how to feel alive, and connect to the senses. I can remember being younger and feeling so disconnected from so many things. And there are lots of reasons for that. And in that same vein, feeling not much of a obvious connection to nature, but there were moments where it cut through, like being at the edge of the Grand Canyon or um, spending a semester in the Arizona desert, where I had enough time and enough immersion in those places to really feel the land, the place, and the essence of of the earth, the timelessness relative to, you know, a small human lifespan, the vastness. And I just remember Feeling like I could breathe, feeling like it was everything and anything that I needed. And I've had this experience over the years in various ways, and it's become more and more my day-to-day experience, even though I live in the middle of Manhattan. Um, and then it became my life's work, is to you know, make this my own experience to close that sense of separation and to share that with others.
So I was thinking on a couple stories or memories where um, I learned lessons from nature. The most recent one is a couple years ago, I think I was at Yosemite for my cousin's wedding and I went on a hike. It was, which trail? Mist Trail, I think it's called, um, with my mom and stepdad and it was classified as an easy to moderate hike. Um, and at the time I was in pretty bad shape and I think the altitude got to me. Um, but we had a really good time. We got up to the first waterfall and went a little bit beyond it. And I started feeling very afraid of heights and like my shoes were going to slip and I would fall into the waterfall and die. So I, took a break and was going to head back down and my mom and stepdad went on. Um, but it was a beautiful day and I was kind of happy to have some alone time in nature since I live in New York and don't really get that all the time. So I walked back, well, I went back down the steps like a crab on my bum sliding down the steps because I was terrified I was going to fall over the edge and die. Um, and I don't want to do that yet. There's some things I want to see still. So I scooted down all the way and then, um, just really enjoyed the walk back to my hotel at Yosemite by myself and just was really in awe at everything around me. Um, and I was just kind of reflecting on one, how humbled I felt by nature, um, just because of how small I felt in that massive park. Um, and just at how, like, no matter how much I tried to control the situation, mother nature could just come in and kind of say, poof, haha, like, no matter how much you try to control things, I can change them in a second in the park and just in general. Um, so I just felt really humbled and really small and just sort of in awe of nature and the great outdoors, but in a really freeing way, if that makes any sense. Um, and then on my walk back, I kept seeing all these signs for mountain lions and how, and some other animal, I can't remember now but how you should not be walking alone in certain parts of the park. Um, That was too late for me. I was already alone. And so I think I ended up jogging the last like mile back or something. And I got lost at one point and ended up wandering through a campsite, asked some very helpful park rangers, um, which way my lodge was. And it was kind of just a giant metaphor for sort of, you know, all of the ups and downs in life. Um, Some of them happen super fast. Some of them are a little bit slower, a slower buildup. And you kind of just have to have patience and take your time. Um, And you usually end up just like on a trail in life, kind of coming across people for the most part, who are willing to help you find your way back to the right path um, and help you 
along the way and through some tough times. Um, and I had a very similar experience like eight years ago when I moved to Slovakia right after I did. I went on this, it was supposed to be a five-hour hike. It ended up being like an eight or nine-hour hike because we got lost and it was pretty strenuous and we were also not in shape at the time. Um, so it, I guess both experiences have taught me how small we really are in the grand scheme of things. Um, and in a way that kind of should make us fear mother nature and respect mother nature more than we do sometimes. Um, and I'm hoping that one of the outcomes from this, um, months long quarantine is that more people start respecting her more and making changes to help her recover. The summer after my first year of medical school, I decided to go for a hike. I processed my emotions and experiences best in nature, and I had a lot of material to work through, both from my personal life and from my experiences in medical school. I decided to hike a part of the Appalachian Trail that goes through Shenandoah National Park, a beautiful park that's located in Virginia. The section I plan to do is about 100 miles long, and I chose to do it in August, probably one of the hottest and most rainiest times of the year, and also happened to be the time when bears are most active, which I didn't realize when I was planning the trip. This wasn't just any hike also. It was going to be my first solo hike and my first multi-day hike as well. I was excited. This was something I'd been wanting to do for years and finally was coming to fruition. After listening to a sufficient number of podcasts on hiking, reading lots of blogs and online articles about how to prepare, I felt pretty confident that I could do this. In fact, I made it my goal to finish the whole thing in five to six days. And in fact, that was about all the time that I had. And so if I didn't finish it in that time period, I need to get off the trail at an earlier part. I started off on the southern part of the trail about mid-afternoon on the first day. It was beautiful to look out over the mountains to see the incoming afternoon rainstorms. And I was able to pitch my tent way before any of the rain started. And my lullaby that night was the sprinkling of the rain on my tent and the distant sounds of thunder. The next morning I woke up early and started out. At first it was hard to walk with so much weight on my back. I was carrying all the food and supplies that I would need for five or six days. At first timid in my steps and unsure of whether my ankles would support me, I became more confident and I soon started making my 18 to 20 mile goals every day. Even by the second and third day, I started getting in a rhythm where I'd wake up in the morning to the chirping of the birds. I could hear the change in the tones of their songs as the sun rose up and greeted a new day. I started feeling like I was one of the animals walking around in nature, just living and not worrying about all the other things that usually occupy my mind. My main concerns for each day were what I'd eat for breakfast, how many miles I'd need to go, where I would find water to filter to refill my water bottle. 
keeping an eye out for a good place to pitch my tent, and also being aware of any incoming rainstorms. Oh yes, and also, as I mentioned earlier, it was bear season. I did have a few run-ins with them, but luckily we both kept our distance. On the third day, I was descending the northern side of a beautiful mountain called Mary's Rocks, when I started to feel a few drops of rain on my cheek. Before I knew it, it was pouring. It was your classic East Coast late August afternoon rain shower. Hastily, I pulled out my rain gear and changed into it as quickly as I could and continued my way down the mountain. At this point, I wasn't too concerned about lightning, and so I decided to keep on going, even though I could see that the creeks were starting to swell with rain runoff. I was hoping that this would be a short shower, but alas, of course it wasn't. The deluge continued, and I noticed that most of the other hikers had taken shelter. The birds had stopped singing, the animals were all gone. It was just me, tromping along in the forest, my feet getting heavier by the minute because of all the rain that was in my boots. And I started to wonder, what am I doing here? I'm all alone. What if lightning comes? I can barely see because my glasses are getting all fogged up from my rain jacket and the rain pouring on top of them. What if I deviate off the trail? What if I don't make my mileage and don't make it to the northern part of the trail and I won't even have achieved my goal? I felt so frustrated with the rain and I felt more frustrated with myself. How could I have let this happen? And then I realized I'd been so focused on this external goal of wanting to complete the entire trail that I had lost the joy in just walking through the woods. And so I started listening. I listened to the pitter-patter of rain on my rain jacket, and I started humming a little bit. And the humming turned to singing, and soon enough, it was a chorus of me, myself, and I singing every single rain-related song that I knew. Drip, drip, drop, little April showers from Bambi, singing in the rain, some Ariana Grande, you get the idea. And soon I didn't feel so alone. My doubt that I would be able to continue was replaced with resolve. I saw all these strong trees standing around me. And what had before been my feet dragging through big puddles of water became slashing and spraying the water in front of me. Finally, I just embraced the rain. I looked up, it poured all over my face. By this time, my entire body was soaking wet. And I realized at that moment that the thing that was holding me back, of course, was not the rain, was not the heaviness of my shoes, was not the feeling that I probably wouldn't have any more dry clothes for the rest of the trip. No, the thing that was holding me back was my own doubt that I could get through this. My tears of laughter at the absurdity of the situation mixed with that of the rain on my face, and I felt cleansed of my worries. Not just the worries about finishing the trail, of course but the worries that we all carry around with us every day. And I allowed myself to be immersed in the moment, to just love the feeling of the rain on my cheeks, the fresh smell of the forest that one can only find after a rain, filling my nostrils and my lungs, my heart beating and pushing me forwards, and the joy of just living and being content to be right then and right there.